Hello, listeners. You are listening to another episode of That's Entertainment. I am your pop culture maven, Jeff Malone. And with me, as always, live from Hampton, Maine, is my Aunt Beth Woods. Aunt Beth, how's it going right now? It's going great. I'm doing, we just had a gorgeous day, but we did to too. Poor tomorrow, though, so, and drop like, it's supposed to be in the 60s and then be near 90 on Saturday, so. Yeah, I always talk about the weather. I don't know why, but. <laughs> well, it, I know I, I tend to do that, too, because I know it affects my mood. Me, too, for sure. Oh, I didn't know it affected your mood that. Yeah, I'm oh. definitely. I mean, especially since I've moved to New York and I do a lot of more walking to get around. Than yeah. When so, I, I lived back with my parents, because. I mean, I just went for an errand today, and today was a nice day, but, you know, it was like a 10-mile walk there, 10-mile, excuse not 10-mile, 10 10-minute 10 walk there, oh, okay. 10 minutes back, and I was, I wasn't drenched in sweat, but I was, no, no. I had patches of sweat by the time I got back home, so yeah. I needed like a few minutes to recover from that. <laughs> it was nice and dry here, but it's supposed to get really humid over the weekend. So then you don't want to be out walking. It's like that. Yeah, that's what we're looking ahead to also. Well, um, I know our listeners do love our weather talks, but the <laughs> the main focus of this uh here podcast is entertainment and on each episode we pick a new pop culture topic and discuss it according to the three f's first favorite and forever if you're a new listener you'll pick it up as you go along um and in the month of july it's the best tv of the 2020s or of the 2010s month we uh, just finished up our two-part exploration into the best tv comedies of the 2010s and now we're doing another two-parter roping in the rest of what's on the uh, tv dial we're doing now the best tv dramas of the 2010s and um aunt beth i i've got my list ready do you have your list already? i do and when you said that it just made me think i'm really glad we divided it into comedy and drama because that would have been hard to just pick 10 of both of them together i would have had a really hard time i was i was just thinking before we started recording like when you when we revealed your guesses of what you thought i would have on my comedy list and there were a few that that weren't on there i was like well i did like those shows and like i would have liked to have included I all know, of them I know. like you know I, know I could have easily done a list of like a hundred or something oh i know there's so many well i uh, like my i like this list though for drama that i picked i'm happy with my list I am too. And uh, do you think we'll have any overlap this time? I don't know. This possibly there's one that might be, but I didn't. This time I didn't dare guess any of yours because I really wasn't sure about your drama picks. I have. So it'll be interesting to see if we have any overlaps. Yeah, there's there's maybe three on my list that I think might be on yours. Oh, okay. But yeah, I, um, I have my I have a few guesses of what I think your number one will be. Oh, let me, okay. Let me just write those down and I'll... Okay. I'll reveal them at the end. It won't okay. be as official as um, the way we revealed your guesses of mine. Yeah. With my dad <laughs> preventing, presenting them last time, but... Um, yeah, no, that's... I, I, do, I did have some thoughts. There were... I'd say there were three shows that I think have a really good chance. And then one other one that I think might be on there, but maybe not because it was more in the previous decade than it was in the 2010s. Oh, okay. But, um, we'll, uh, we'll find out soon. You, I and our listeners will find out soon enough. Um, mm-hmm. but before we get into that main topic, the Emmy nominations are happening on, they're being revealed on July 28th. And let me see, the ceremony is happening on September 
20th. Um, I'm not sure how it will be done exactly. There might be yeah. done remotely a bit maybe, um, but it was announced. Jimmy Kimmel is hosting it. It is happening. Yeah, I heard that. It is going to be interesting to see how they do it. Wow. Yeah, hmm. but um, there was plenty of great TV that aired in the past year or so. Um, however, they managed to safely put the ceremony together. There is plenty that's worth honoring. And mm-hmm. Beth and I wrote down some things that we're hoping to see get nominated in, a, um, in the not too distant future. Um, so who, who are you pulling for? Um, well, let's see. I've got same thing last year. I think I mentioned that. Uh, hopefully Schitt's Creek will be nominated and all the actors and actresses on there for even for even some of the supporting ones like Annie Murphy and Emily Hampshire um, have, well, they're not even that much smaller of a roles, but I Who hope the whole, um, Emily, Emily plays Stevie, Stevie, oh, right, right. Of course. Really good. and Annie plays the sister and then mm-hmm. Dan. So I hope they're all nominated. Um, this was a show you recommended just last time and I watched the whole thing and I just loved it was never have I ever. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, really enjoy- thank you for not for mentioning that. So I'm hoping, I don't know if that would get, have a chance, but I really liked that. Um, I hope John McEnroe gets nominated oh, for his narration. <laughs> yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah. Um, and then for drama, I have, uh, pose. Um, and then these, which, some of these I, I have that as well. Yeah, Better Call Saul, I'm sure, will be nominated. And I had a question mark for Handmaid's Tale because I didn't know if that was um, qualified for this year or not. Um, I didn't know when the last one was out. Sure, <laughs> I think it might. Well, that's a question mark, but. Yeah. And then, let's see. And then I just wrote this one down because I've. There was this limited series called Unbelievable. Did you watch that? No, that was the one about the the rape and the investigation. Yeah, it was so good. I had read about it, and the girl who was in um, Booksmart. Caitlin Deaver. Yeah, she stars in it, and Tony Collette and um, Merritt Weaver, and I really liked that, so I did write that down. And then just quickly, um, a couple of the, I hope, uh, Rhea, Seahorn is nominated this year. I thought this was one of her best years in Better Call Saul. Yeah. Um, and also from Pose, I really love Blanca, MJ Rodriguez. I don't know if she – I never see her mentioned, but that would be really fun if she was nominated. I hope and, so. Yeah. She's, and then I saw something uh, – did you watch Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist? I did, yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought Jane Levy was really great in that, so that would be fun to see. I know it's – I don't even think it's renewed for next year, but it'd be fun to see if she was nominated. And my last one for on Modern Family Comedy Guest Actor, I put Mr. Fred Willard down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. so those are some of my choices. What about – what are – well, you already covered what I'm rooting for in drama <laughs> mainly. It's better call Saul and Pose, like yeah. as they can possibly be honored. Like I've got four on my supporting actress wish list, all from Pose. Oh, okay, wow. Uh, the uh, Dominique, uh, what's her name? Dominique Jackson, I think. Uh, India mm-hmm. Moore, Sandra Bernhard, and Patty Lapone. Who was the second much- one you said? What's that? Yeah, who'd you the say? One was uh, India Moore. Oh yeah, I love her too. Yeah. Um, pretty much all the actors on I know. All the main cast. I'd love to see nominated from that. Yeah. Show. And then comedy, the show I'm really pulling for is What We Do in the Shadows. You, I wrote that one down too from last time, so I'm now I'll, I'll watch, check that one out too. I haven't watched that. Okay. Um, and then. Limited series, Watchmen, and Dispatches from Elsewhere are my top two choices. Okay, I haven't seen those. And then I really want to put in a good word going uh, over to reality competition pro- program, Holy Moly. The oh, is that the golf one? Or? Yeah, mini golf. 
Okay. And I'd love to see that that up for best competition program and also as well Joe Tessator and Rob Riggle for best host. Okay. It'd be nice to see some new reality um competition ones because it seems yeah. like yeah. Okay. I think RuPaul's Drag Race has won the last two years and I mean I loved RuPaul's Drag Race, but mm-hmm. um, holy moly is it's a just a blast of fun. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So uh, that. I mentioned one. Sorry to interrupt you, but I know you love her too. They from Glow. I put Allison Brie. Mm-hmm. They seem to nominate. Um, what's the uh, the girl that plays Debbie? Debbie Betty Gilpin. That yeah, more than but not Allison. And I think yeah, Allison, Allison is yet be. to have an Emmy nomination in her whole career. I believe. Wow. I don't know why she's not nominated for Glow. I just can't figure that out but anyway that's there's so just don't... there's not enough spaces to honor everyone well yeah you know i mean so on my I'm wish list both. i like i have 10 people in certain categories because like that's how many that I, know. I really like so we'll be interesting this we'll find out in less than yeah. two weeks so. yeah Okay. I mean, I do have some more in-depth thought, thoughts on my uh, website, jmoney.com. I'm putting up uh, Emmy wish list articles all this week. So. Oh, okay. Uh, and Beth, if you want to send me some more, text me some more detailed thoughts, I can put them up on the That's Entertainment uh, Twitter and Instagram. Okay. And uh, yeah, so. Um. Those are our Emmy thoughts for now. I'm um, really just a, a taste of them. We could we could easily go on for hours. Yeah, we could go on. Um, but we we don't want to take up uh, time from the main topic because we've got plenty to say about that as well. And that's our best TV dramas of 2010s list. And so before we get into the countdown, we're going to get into the first section of the show aptly titled first where and this time beth and i will be talking about we're going back to 2010 and thinking remembering what dramas were we watching then and what did we think of the state of tv drama yeah and it's fun to look back and see because i i looked and i said oh i there was a lot that i was watching justified Hawaii Five-O back then, Parenthood. Oh, man, that's, um, is that still on? Which one? Hawaii Five-O. Yeah, I think it is, but I stopped watching it after a while. I was even watching Blue Bloods, Desperate Housewives, and there was a show called Life Unexpected with Britt Robin- uh-huh. Robertson. I loved that. So I, same thing. I guess I was pretty optimistic because I, there was a, quite a few dramas that I really liked. Yeah. What were you watching? Well, that was early 2010. That was the sixth and final season of Lost. Oh, okay. Well, I was watching that. (laughs) That was probably what I was most excited for, Mm. um, um, just in terms of anticipation of what I was of all of TV at that time. And I also think around then that was kind of like the rise of amc as a force in prestige drama Um, mad men breaking bad were both in the middle of their runs at that time Uh uh-huh i wasn't watching them at the time but um i think i did notice that they were getting plenty of critical praise okay i i i have some amc shows on my list so do you do you have any AMC representation? Um, look, I'm trying to think that what station. One of these shows, I'm not sure what station it was on. Well, no, I do definitely have one, possibly two, actually. That is, yeah, that's. I mean, I think that's definitely one of the top forces in drama on TV right now. <laughs> it's not the most represented, or actually, looks like it's tied with one other channel for the most represented on my list. Oh, okay. Yeah, so um, I think we need to go to our top ten. 
Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. okay. No, I'm ready. I'm ready. Like, uh, like SpongeBob says. Okay. All right. I had to cheat again for number okay. 10. I did a tie. Another tie. And let's <laughs> remember to um, introduce our numbers like we did. I know. I was trying to think. Number 10, number 10, number 10. I always thought the greatest thing that happened to me was being born a Rayburn. My first one is Bloodline, okay. which was from 2015. So I think that was a Netflix show. Right. Um, and that basically, and I'll try to do these quicker since I have two, this, that explored the demons lurking beneath the surface of an American family and a murder occurs and then the relationships are tested. I think what really, the, that's when I was first introduced to Ben Mendelsohn and he oh my god when i i would watch him he just scared me and unnerved me and i thought wow this guy is such a fantastic actor because i get like stomach ache watching him because just uh, his character he was oh he was so good and then it also had a great cast kyle chandler sissy spacek linda cartellini sam shepherd and I just, I loved it. I think the first season was the best. It ended up with three seasons, I think. I think they may have stretched it out a little longer than they needed to. Um, but I still really liked it. The category is... And then my second, I'll go right into it. So the tide for that is Pose, which we've talked about, although I may should have put that sooner, but I got a little messed up. But anyway, and I, you'll probably, that's one that we might both have on the list. We'll see. That's the Ryan Murphy drama set in the 1980s, and it explores the ball culture. And what I like a lot about it is that these it's hard to describe it but these different houses are formed um so a, one of the people uh, a woman would kind of head this household and they would provide a lot of support for lgbtq youth who are other youth that have been rejected by their own families and then they kind of form their a family of their own and it's really I think deep down the show is mostly about family and relationships, but then there's so much more fun to it watching these, um, I don't know, what would you call them? Um, not contest. I guess they're kind of a contest, um, but, yeah. but really fun and flashy and Billy Porter's fantastic. And it's definitely something that I recommend to people. And that one's on FX. Mm -hmm. And if, when did that start? 2018 or? Yeah, 2018. Yeah, okay. the uh, the past. Yeah. So season one was summer of 2018, and season two was last summer. Okay. So those are mine. I'll let you go because I didn't want to talk too long. Okay. Well, I think I'm gonna do a, a Casey Kasem impression to um, <laughs> introduce each of my entrants. So, making its way into the into the. <laughs> Cracking right into the top ten at number ten. We are no one. We are everyone. And we are invisible. We have from HBO Watchmen just sneaking in under the wire. It oh. aired um, in the uh, last half of 2019. It's based on the um, comic book written by Alan Moore. It's more of a, it's a bit more of a jumping off, not so much adapted from the comic book so much as it uses a jumping off point. Um, has some of the same characters, some new characters. Uh, it's out of a world where superheroes exist in the, you know, like quote unquote real world, um, and things have gotten to a point where. Um, 
super-powered people only wear masks out in public because there's all this prejudice around them. And um, the, the show explores a lot of things. It's got sci-fi mind-bending moments, uh, cosmic adventures, and then it also touches upon the social history of America. It um, One thing that I believe it was touched upon in the first episode was like the uh, Tulsa race riots, um, which is an incident from American history that I don't think is t- talked about too much in like no, high school no. history classes, but it was, um, you know, significant enough to, uh, you know, be worth mentioning in an era like ours where race relations can still be um, inflamed. Yeah. Um, so this, this is a show for comic book nerds and people who, and people who like their shows to have a social conscience. Uh, there's a great uh, central performance from Regina King, who's kind of been the queen of the Emmys. Yeah. Last decade. Uh, and it's also, you know, kind of really of the moment because it features a lot of characters wearing masks. Hmm. You know, like that, that and the mask singer were a few months okay. ahead of their time. Now That's that right. everyone in, in around the world needs to be wearing a mask. Yeah. Funny. Yeah, I think I, I just realized by you saying that that um, I put myself at a little bit of a disadvantage because I don't have HBO, and so I miss a lot of good shows, and that's yeah. It should be. Yeah. That is. If I was getting paid to do this, I would get HBO so I can say be more informed. But yeah, we should we should reach out to a. a, a the press team from HBO and say, Hey, we're you, we're members of the press now, both, yes. both you and me now that we're That's right. we've got a podcast that makes it official. Oh, no. but, I mean, we, we should say the caveat that as much as both of us love TV, we have not watched everything. So, Oh yes. There's no way you can. <laughs> I get overwhelmed thinking about it. So. So these are just our favorites in what we've been able to watch in the past uh, 10 years. So, exactly. okay. Number nine, number nine, number nine. Raina, I wanted to meet Juliet Barnes. She's a big fan of yours. Mr. White, it is such an honor for me to get a chance to sing for you today. Oh, you wouldn't say that if you knew me better. <laughs> uh, have you met Raina? I know you. You're burning it up out there, girl. Oh, thank you. My mama was one of your biggest fans. She said she'd listen to you while I was still in her belly. Well, bless your little heart. That is a charming story. You probably got to go on soon. I'm sure you're going to want to make sure you got those girls tucked in there real good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen, we got to run. Great meeting you. Thanks, Scott Buggy. Take care. Great show. Great show. What the hell was that? Nashville. Okay. That was from 2012. I guess it was that. I'm now thinking of all the networks now that you said that. I think that was ABC. Right. And then it switched uh, to CMT. At oh, that's right. Yes. The last year or two. So this explores the country music scene. Um, and there were, there was, when it first started, it was dealing a lot with a few, uh, two feuding stars, the older country star who was named Raina James and then a newcomer, who was Juliet Barnes, um, a little bit with, you know, their interaction and their feud. Um, and then there were a lot of many other interrelationships. Um, it, you don't even, I wouldn't even say you have to be a, because I'm not a huge country music fan. You don't need to be a country music fan to, to enjoy the show. The music mm-hmm. was fantastic. It was written for the show. I think T-Bone Burnett produced mm-hmm. it. Um, and I would say a lot of the music was more maybe country folk almost. You know, I wouldn't call it hardcore country music because I really enjoyed it. I mean, I bought their one of their uh, a couple of their CDs they'd put out after. Um, but yeah, it was I just really enjoyed it. So 
like I said, even, you know, people may have stayed away from it thinking, no, it was just about country music. And that was kind of the sec secondary to really the rest of it. So that was, it was fun though. I miss it. Connie mm -hmm. Britton was the star. She, she's always good in whatever she does. Um, yeah, I know that's not the only show of yours of hers that you've loved. Yeah, I know. That's right. There's a few of them. Okay, what about? Okay, making a strong showing into the charts at number nine. If that was me, <laughs> I would have killed that man. If you don't stand up to the boss, the wife, you're just going to get washed away. You okay there, Bill? Wife made spaghetti for dinner. Seemed a shame to barf it up. Gambling problem, I heard. You don't say. I heard drugs. I, I heard he like slept with a 13. For Pete's sake, Bob, don't spread rumors. No, it was gambling. It is Fargo. Oh. The FX anthology series that started in 2014. It's had three seasons so far and has some more on the way. This is uh, named after and sort of based on the Coen Brothers film of the same name. Um, it's basically a, a jump, uses that a, as a jumping off point in spirit. It's got a new mystery for each season. Basically, it's like, here's a group of uh, criminals and some detectives in a small, snowy Midwest town. Not always the... Um, the title town that often comes into play but uh mm -hmm. season one has been my favorite so far that's with um yeah. martin freeman he kills his wife and that's where i think a lot of us first met allison toman yeah as the uh the deputy who was quite um resourceful and persistent and eventually figures it out everything that's going on and I like uh, this show especially because the, the characters are like archetypes. You know, like there's the, you know, Alison Tolman is the pure um, straight edge detective. And then Billy Bob Thornton, he's kind of like the devil who's passing through town. And then mm. in season three, um, David Thewlis's character, he he kind of represents like the rotting soul of humanity. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so like a few of the characters are recognizable as actual human beings. The others are like forces of evil and apathy that somehow have turned themselves into human form for the purposes of telling a story. Mm. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> That was Fargo was um, developed for TV as by the showrunner Noah Hawley, who um, also he's uh, he also created the show Legion, um, uh -huh. which is a show I've enjoyed, although it uh, did kind of go off the rails a bit. But uh, and Fargo sometimes goes off the rails a bit. I thought season two there. There were some moments where, like, towards the end of the season, so that was the season with Kirsten Dunst and um, oh, yeah. Jesse Plemons, they uh, they got themselves into a bit of trouble, and then towards the end of the season, suddenly they looked up to the sky, and there were flying saucers, and it's like, where did these aliens come from? <laughs> yeah. So sometimes Fargo, the TV show, has those flights of fancy, which are interesting, although they're not quite the reason why it made it onto the to my top 10 mm -hmm. more the uh small scale straightforward pleasures that i like a lot yeah yeah i, I did i'm looking forward to the you know, when the new one's coming out wasn't it, it was, was supposed to come out right yeah it was supposed uh, to come out in um april i think but that was they still had a few episodes left to go before um pandemic shut down production so it's that's up in the air right now okay okay number eight number eight number eight i was asleep before that's how we let it happen 
When they slaughtered Congress, we didn't wake up. When they blamed terrorists and suspended the Constitution, we didn't wake up then either. Now I'm awake. You girls will serve the leaders and their barren wives. You will bear children for them. So I actually crossed one of mine off the list to add this one. <laughs> the Handmaid's Tale. Okay. Which is Hulu. Mm-hmm. Started in 2017, and I just watched all three seasons this past few months. So um, basically, it's a dystopian tragedy. is based on a 1985 novel by Margaret Atwood, where women's rights pretty much have been taken away. Um, there's environmental disasters, a plunging birth rate, and it there's this the place is called Gilead, and it's a to totalitarian society um and so it's it's really fascinating like it's not, it's certainly not a an uplifting show and sometimes no. those are hard to watch yeah. but for some reason this just drew me right in i think from the because of the writing and and the acting especially elizabeth moss who is just unbelievable in this I just couldn't like turn away from it. I don't know what, it, you know, even though, cause I usually don't like, I mean, I, I don't mind a sadder show or, but I, I sometimes you need some uplifting things happening and, and this there, doesn't have that. On what? There's not much of that. No, either. not much of it. Every once in a while, there might be like a little where you might smile a little bit. Not too much. I think Aunt Lydia said something funny in one of the last episodes, one of the more recent episodes, and I laughed. Oh, I think she was going somewhere, and she's like, I'm pumped or something, <laughs> and it just made me chuckle. But but for the most part, it's don't watch it if you, if, if you want to be um, in a happy mood because it's not going to do that. But it's still, it's pretty, uh, I don't know, fascinating is the word, but. Like I said, it's it's once you start watch, watching it, it's hard to to look away. It's just just really well done. So I've quite enjoyed that, and I think that's supposed to be coming out next year with a season four. Mm-hmm. So I think wasn't the first season pretty much the end of the book, and then they've just kind of kept it going, even though. Um, that sounds right. I, it's I been a while since I read the book. I read it in high school, so oh, okay. I don't I remember the specifics. But. Yeah, I thought I remembered. I should really have checked that. I thought I remembered something like that, that they've just added more seasons, even though they're not really based on the book. But anyway, okay, your turn. All right. So... Moving along up to number eight on the charts. When you were alone with yourself all the time, with no one but yourself, you begin to go deeper and, and deeper into yourself until you lose yourself. It's a perverse contradiction. Rectify. Mm-hmm. Probably the smallest show. Um, what is that? What's that? What station was that? Was that, that was on the Sundance Channel? Oh. And it aired from uh, 2013 to 2016. Uh, it was starred, um, what is his name? Uh, Aiden Young as mm-hmm. a man who is freed from death row uh, after, I think, uh, new evidence or it's found that old evidence from his trial was unreliable and he had been convicted convicted of rape and murder so it's about him being released back to his family he goes back to live with his mom uh, and it focuses on his home life as well as the life of the whole town to see if people are going to accept a Henry no the, the dogs are upset about it. <laughs> oh my god. They're here. I'm going to shut the door. They're hearing something. They just hear something and they start 
Hopefully nobody's at my door. <laughs> we'll have to wait another hour or so. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, the, the town, the small town that he's in is not everyone is happy about a um, previously convicted possible rapist and murderer being back free. And we never definitively learn if he is guilty or not. There are some flashbacks where we get a sense of what happened. Um, I would guess that he was innocent, but we also see him dealing with some significant rage issues that suggest he he may have been capable of the crime huh. and but those that anger may have come from living in prison for a few years I found it to be perhaps the most spiritual show of the decade hmm. you know, it, was just, it was very interested about what being in prison whether uh whether he was guilty or innocent, what that does to a person's soul. Yeah. Uh, it, was, you know, it was very religiously minded. Um, you know, there's one, ca- uh, one character who is a devout Christian, but I think anyone of any religious persuasion who could find something valuable from watching it, if, you, if you're spiritually inclined at all, mm-hmm. gives you plenty of the meditate over i would say Mm, okay that's that's rectify for you okay when you just said that it made me think of a show that i didn't include on here and i don't know why that happens if i don't see them when i'm going through the like i look on imdb and this one show that i don't remember seeing I'll, i'll mention it to you later but anyway okay number seven number seven number seven The ghosts of people who had been a part of Wisteria Lane were gazing upon her as she passed. They watched her as they watch everyone, always hoping the living could learn to put aside rage and sorrow, bitterness and regret. These ghosts watch, wanting people to remember that even the most desperate life is oh so wonderful. Desperate Housewives. Oh boy. And I didn't realize that it started as early as it did. 2004, I believe. Yeah. So I'm actually, I don't know. <laughs> I'm thinking maybe I shouldn't have put it. How long did it go till? I think, um, was it? eight or nine seasons okay so it, it, there were a few years and yeah um it's basically a look at a a not so picture perfect neighborhood if you want to say that um it follows the lives of four different women and just i mean it's almost an, a nighttime soap opera it's just their their relationships with each other with their spouses with their children there's a lot of dysfunction going on it's a lot of humor in it too that's why Jeff and I were at first not sure if it should be under uh, comedy or drama you know it's certainly not a sitcom um, but there were the a lot of light moments in it the, the mm-hmm. women can be very funny um, but it, it was a lot of fun I I don't know it seemed more unique at the time than other things that had come other um nighttime soap operas uh so it was a lot of fun i i and i remember finding out that you watched it jeff and i was i think riley and i were like jeff watches desperate housewives <laughs> but, yeah well i i remember when it was being advertised way back when um and it it looked self-aware in a way that I expected to be pretty funny. Mm-hmm. I, I was happy to get in get into it. Yeah, it become a, a desperate house head or oh, a husband okay. or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So, moving its way up to number seven on the, my chart. This case is a circus. 
and the defense has made it into a circus. And the court has allowed them to walk Mr. all Mr. Jordan, you are close to being held in contempt. Well, I should be held in contempt. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> There's nothing funny here. American Crime Story, which is another FX anthology series. It started in uh, 2016. It's had two seasons so far. And uh, this is one of many shows of the past decade that involved the creative input of Ryan Murphy. Um, so the, it picks a new true life crime story for each season. The first season covered the OJ Simpson trial of the mid nineties. And then the second season covered the assassination of fashion designer, Gianni Versace. Um, I think this shows the best use of Ryan Murphy's talents. Mm. Um, he, I don't think he was involved with writing. He was an executive producer and directed a few episodes. And I think he was also involved in casting. Mm. Um, yeah, this is, it leans into some of his flashier sensibilities, but also it's grounded in a way that you kind of have to be when it's a real life story. Um, you know, I think anyone who was alive during the mid-90s remembers the O.J. Simpson trial very well. Yeah. I was only six or seven at the time, and it's kind of one of the... It's like the first big national story I can remember Wow. Um, from a young age. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just really well cast across the board. You know, oh, yeah. Cuba Gooding Jr. as, as OJ, Courtney B. Vance as one of his lawyers, Johnny Cochran. Then you had uh, Sarah Paulson, Brian Murphy regular, regular and yeah. Sterling K. Brown as the defense. And, I think and that's, that's the first time I ever saw him. I think it was the first time for a lot of people. Yeah. yeah he, wow. he won an Emmy for it. And we... Yeah. TV audiences fell in love with him immediately. Yeah. I mean, it, it helped that he was playing a character who was trying to do the right thing in some very heated circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was, uh, that was definitely a story worth exploring, even though it was one that a lot of people were familiar with. It kind of examined issues of race um, celebrity and um, gender dynamics and privilege. And the second season did that as well with a story that wasn't quite as familiar. Um, had um, so Gianni Versace was played by, um, what was his name? Oh, yeah, because he wasn't as familiar. I can't think um, of him. Yeah, I know. Uh, Ed, no. Edgar Ramirez. Yeah. So he, Gianni Versace was a gay man, and he was killed by Andrew Cunanan, who's also a gay man, uh, played by Darren Chris, uh, who was a serial killer who killed other gay men. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of commented on the the self hatred that's been a part of the queer community for too long unfortunately um yeah it's i think it does a great job as a a true life show just setting these stories within the context of larger social issues Mm -hmm. is it supposed to keep going like they're going to continue with other yeah i think they've got already got two um the premises for two seasons set one's going to be about um the clinton and Monica oh yes, yeah. Uh, scandal, yeah. and there's also going to be one about Hurricane Katrina, and oh. the not so great response to that by the yeah. oh, federal okay. government. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've enjoyed that too. Okay, number six, number six, number six. You're new. When did you move here? Last night. Do you have a girlfriend? No, just me and my mom. Bates Motel. 
So you, I'm not sure. Was that an A? Um, I believe that was AMC. AMC. Yeah. Now that I was thinking that might have been. Okay. That was from 2013. I don't know how many people watched that, but. Or it's A-N-D, not A-M-C. What was it on? A-N-D. Oh, A-N-D. Okay, close. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was inspired by the 1960 horror film Psycho, but whoever came up with this, it's there. Well, basically it explores the early years of Norman Bates and basically how his, his bond with his mother, who was almost just as psycho as he was and how that you know it tries to see how his early years were formed and how he could possibly have become a serial killer from that so I think I liked I actually I can't remember who I, I'm not sure who wrote it but I thought it was a very clever look at you know what it could have been like for him to be a teenager and and just the Stellar performances from Freddie Highmore and Vera Farmiga. Oh, man. I think I may have seen her in a couple things briefly, but she was so fantastic in this. Just, I mean, you could just, I, I don't even know how to describe it. The, the hold she had over him and the way, and the way she um, would make him feel guilty about, you know, not... I mean, she just kind of wanted him with her all the time, and it, it was a very strange relationship. It's, it's mm -hmm. you have to watch it to see it, but I I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, so I think it was was it five or was it either five or six seasons, um, and it was fun to watch. Five. Five. Okay, it was just fun to watch him from the beginning, and then see they just did such a fantastic job of seeing him you know he seemed sort of normal at the beginning although he did have some some uh secret things in his background but then as he you just kind of saw as the years went on and how much crazier he got and i really enjoyed it did you watch that at all i didn't but i mean yeah, i do yeah. i do enjoy freddie highmore he's yeah, I think you would starring in uh, Sex Education. Oh, okay. And um, I think you would have liked it then, especially if you no, liked. He's starring in The Good Doctor now. Who's he looks like the star of Sex Education? What's his name? Um, yeah, I watched The Good Doctor. He's very good like in that. Asa Butterfield is the star of Sex Education. Oh, okay. Freddie Heimer look like. Yeah, and I also like Vera Farmiga and. Um, Olivia Cook. Oh yes. She. I've liked other things that she's been in. Yeah, that's. I, I enjoy her quite a bit in that too. Okay. All right. You're halfway through. I'm almost halfway through. And so yeah, so making its way right smack dab in the middle of the top ten at number six. Good evening and good morning, hookers. It is our first overlap. I've huh? got Pose. Okay. So Category is one. number six. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this is an FX show, and um, Aunt Beth uh, already gushed about a bit. Um, and it has a cast full of queer people, often also people of color. Uh, it's a celebration of the ballroom culture of New York City of the 80s and 90s, where um, people who have lived with their found families come together and put on these shows for each other, dress up in wild costumes, often dress in drag. Um, they've got um, these MC characters particularly Pray Tell, led by, played by the, uh, uh, the unmistakable Billy Porter, uh, <laughs> announces all the categories and all the, the entrants in these ballroom contests. And, it, you know, it's a show filled with big personalities. It's, it's, it's just hugely entertaining and also yeah. very emotional. It's, 
Yeah. Both. I'd, I'd say it's the most open-hearted show on TV right now. Um, it, it's got me smiling. It's got me crying every episode. And yeah. I, I feel like it's, I feel like life can be okay. Like, I feel like everything's going to be okay at, after the end of every episode. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good feeling. My soul, my soul has been cleansed. Yeah. That's good. Hmm. Okay, we're at the halfway mark. Are we going to? Yeah, so we are, we are halfway done right now. So that's going to bring us to the end of part one. So we're going to wrap it up. Um, and yeah, we'll leave you with listeners in suspense for another week um, as uh, you get to thinking what could possibly be in our top lives <laughs> yeah, well, there, there are some good ones um, I think you know, some uh, some good snappy dressers are waiting in the wings on my top five hmm. any good dressers on your top five I don't know I'm looking at it I don't know if I'd to say that about my categories. My Actually, I'm looking at all my top five shows. There's, They're all well-defined by their uh, sartor- sartorial choices, okay. interestingly enough. Um, do you notice any other things worth teasing? <sighs> no, I can't really group them together anyway. I'm looking at it. A little nostalgia, maybe. Okay. And some, a couple of them, yeah. All right. Well, in the meantime, uh, remember to follow That's Entertainment on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And please give us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever podcast platform you listen to. And check out those Emmy wishlist articles I've got up on jmoney.com. And, uh, Aunt Beth, do you have uh, anything to uh, say? So I'll be back soon to finish our list, but, yeah, nothing new. Okay. In the meantime, uh, keep, keep your remotes handy and your eyes open. Good night.